Hi and welcome to my podcast. My name is Trey and I'll be the host. Um, I just wanted to give a brief introduction into what the podcast will be about. So you would expect to find just candid conversations, just operating on floor. We will come to the floor and just pick something and then we will go from there in all of my conversations. It's going to be targeted towards something, of course, but I expect to see a lot of variety on this podcast as well. Um, so I did my first episode and it was with a lady I met through Zoom meetings and her name is Eleanor and she has some really powerful information that she shared with me and now I'm going to share it with you. So buckle up and let's move. Welcome to Magnetic Nurse Podcast. I'm here with Eleanor and we're going to... Great. So Eleanor, can you tell us a bit about yourself? So my name is Eleanor. I live in Cape Town, South Africa. I work as a transfiguration guide and an integration guide. So basically what that means is I work with helping people to learn and implement usable tools in their lives to live a more healthy, wholly balanced life in terms of all aspects. So health, your wealth, um, just well-being in general and how to be in the world. Um, so, so what would have prompted me to have Eleanor on? Sorry if I'm calling the name incorrectly. No, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> on my podcast. Quite often I find myself returning to the fact that we must first understand our thoughts, triggers and emotions before we interact with each other. Know what we like, what we don't like, what our strengths are and what our flaws are. Also, what we stand for. So Eleanor guided a group of us through an experience where I was able to better connect, understand and organize my thoughts and my body. She got me understanding that the body works best when our mental and emotional states are more centered. Um, right, that being said, I wanted this discussion to somewhat give someone who has never had the experience that I had, who's just coming to the forefront, to have a better, un- to have an understanding of what it is, what the elements and different tools are that we can use to get to a place where we, where our health as well, links to <laughs> sorry missed that key part the, where our health is linked to the our emotions and our mental state and 
also the our surroundings. Absolutely. Okay, so, you yeah, so you know our human bodies are basically giant receivers. And if you think about the concept that as a physical human being, 70 to 80% of our body is made up of water. And our bodies are consistently being bombarded with these energetic signals that we receive. And that comes in the form of, you know, just all the frequencies around us in terms of our electromagnetic frequencies. It refers to our interactions with other people. Um, you know, I'm sure when you've walked into a room before and there's been an argument, no one has to say anything, but we tend to pick up that the vibe is not quite right. And, you know, also on the other side of things, we pick up when the vibe in a place is really good and it makes us feel really good. So that gives us the, the understanding that we are energetic beings and our bodies are consistently being bombarded with all these different energetic signals, which tend to create a bit of um, energetic toxins in the body. Now that can go even further to relate to our relationships and our environments. If we are in relationships that are generally quite toxic or very negative relationships, they can have a very negative effect on the physical body. And of course, then when we experience trauma, that again has a, a vast impact on the physical body. So when we have all these factors that are accumulated, we as human beings tend to turn to distraction. And the distractions that we employ, whether it's TV, whether it's TV games, whether it's um, you know, using various substances, whether it's things like coffee or sugar, we always tend to find something that is our band-aid to cover up really feeling all these energies that are then stored in the physical body. And that starts to create a disconnect between the mind and the body where we tend to get caught up in our thoughts and we overthink everything that we experience in our lives. We overanalyze all these aspects of our lives from the past, which we seem to think that is what makes us who we are, that is what defines us. And in fact, that's not the case. You know, the, the self that defines us is what we start working with when we take the time to have a bit of quiet time for ourselves and start actually physically feeling our physical bodies. Whatever is manifested on a physical level within the body is generally born out of the dissonance or the discomfort or disease that comes through the body from consistently being bombarded with all these energetic aspects. And that obviously includes our thoughts. If you think about the fact that we're constantly having these conversations with ourselves, we may not be verbalizing things out loud, but our self-talk is something that our physical body is always listening to. So if we have very negative self-talk, then we tend to find that we have a very negative relationship with our own physical bodies. And at the end of that, it all translates into becoming more and more disconnected from our physical bodies. You know, our body is has its own internal guidance system. If you hear about religions and if you hear about um, you know, everything that is spoken about in terms of how to live and how to be in the world, 
it creates this construct in our minds of a manner outside of ourselves that indicates how we are meant to be and we've forgotten to go within like they say in the scriptures we've forgotten to go into that quiet space within and you know meditate pray whatever it is that it, that takes you back to that little bit of connection to oneself is very important so that you know the little exercise that i did with with trey previously was specifically about how to connect back to our physical body and you know it just involves a few basic techniques that we use a lot with meditation but in particular breath work where we work with following the breath into the body and allowing that process of presence with our breath to regain that little bit of connection with our physical body and that process itself takes us through a simple exercise of relaxing the muscles in particular around the diaphragm and into the abdomen where we tend to not breathe into you know as a human being we've become so stressed and so traumatized on a daily basis that our breathing has become exceptionally shallow and we breathe very short shallow breaths into the top of our lungs which means that we're not fully expelling all the toxins from a respiratory perspective in terms of our every breathing when we take a moment to stop and just take deep breaths in it's like it's what we term the belly breath and you breathe in till your belly actually blows up and you fully exhale that breath so that you're expelling all the um airborne toxins from the physical body it starts to shift the physical body in a manner where we firstly become a lot more aware of what it is that we're feeling and that helps to connect us not only to our physical body but to our emotional body emotions are very interesting in that we have emotions which is energy in motion and that is invariably where we have an experience and we have an immediate emotional reaction to something and when we don't allow those emotions to be fully felt or fully played out we then store them on a physical level in the body so as the emotional toxins build up as the physical toxins in the body build up from our diet from not breathing correctly from our habits and behaviors and then also we have the, the toxins of the mind in terms of our thoughts that then creates this trifecta of how best to support the disease building process in the physical body oh wonderful <laughs> you you somewhat answered a few few of my questions in that one explanation that's why i really enjoy your presence and the way how you express and explain these and link these different elements together bringing a whole bringing one solid thing and this one solid thing seems to be a understanding of exactly where you need to date to and how it connects to the other thing the other aspects as well as you were talking about the mind and body connection 
and overthinking i was i got to thinking and just this scenario just about today you know i was as i was saying earlier um i i found myself overthinking trying to to like target specific questions and then as i i actually practiced i actually took a few breaths and acknowledged my breath and then i i it then dawned on me this conversation should be more candid more free flow you know where you know what is meant to be touched you know just a flow of conversation and it really resonated with me in that aspect and thank you for helping me with that as well you you would have mentioned as well <coughs> sorry the water water in the how our bodies are made up of 90% water and I, I remember for from the zoom from the zoom meeting you actually said you know we we tend to water stores um memories stores memory correct yes and you know as you were you were and actually I'll open the floor for you to dig deeper into our what the connection with our history and our genetics and absolutely thank you that's a, that's an awesome prompt um so yes our physical bodies are between 70 and 90% water um you know this is a well known scientific fact um obviously it varies in different stages of life in terms of of physical hydration but dr masero imoto in his experiment um experiments around water proved that water stores memory um you know for anyone who's wanting to look into it a bit more he has a book called the hidden messages in water and that's dr masero imoto and he proved in his you know the theory that when he placed bottles of water with various words taped onto the bottles like love and hate and you know the the regular polarities that we tend to work in in this world and then he examined under a microscope the crystals formed within the water they proved that obviously more positive words like love grew the most beautiful crystals and you know words like hate were just distorted not even patterns in the shapes of the crystals forming in the water and by that he proved that our bodies store that memory so when it comes to our physical bodies and how we live in the world today every experience we have and in particular traumatic experiences are stored in the body on a cellular level and as we go through life and accumulate the cellular storage that by nature is passed on in genetics to our offspring so if we think back to every single thing that humanity has experienced in terms of our history in terms of you know the wars and the traumas and atrocities and things like slavery that we have endured as a human race that has been passed on genetically through our ancestral lines and our our genome in terms of our um our immediate families it carries that same energy and that same um 
experience with us for many, many, many generations to come. And what is happening in the world right now is that there's a lot of triggering of the collective pain bodies of humanity. And the pain body itself that is now being triggered is not just the triggering of each being's personal traumas and challenges that they've experienced. It is also coming up very distinctly in everything that is currently playing out in the world around us. You know, all the hatred and all the race-related issues, all the issues regarding slavery and, um, you know, racism in its different forms, white supremacy, you know, the history of, of the Nazis and the Jews has been debated at length by many scholars who have looked into the influence that has had on, for example, the Jewish people as a collective and how it has influenced them into their lives today even. So what's coming up in the world in terms of the triggering of the collective human pain body is all the historical trauma that is sitting in everyone's ancestral lines that is basically calling out now to be healed. I love how I just love how you structure it and connect it to all the aspects of reality and how and what what you, what has me kind of I guess shook is how this you know how this stems from oneself you know like and this is the individual you know and how it triggers how your individual actions and the and these actions are triggered by our mental state at a given time and our emotions what you know I mean, what has been passed down through the generations as well and how it has this how the pandemic kind of uprooted a deeper understanding in you know we this you i remember in this in that gathering as well you would have mentioned the you know how the this was well we we acknowledge that this is the first thing that we have come to a complete halt in you know, in our lives and other, you know, years back, and the connection to the right, the sorry, I'm going kind of off there. The pan, the pan, right, you were saying that the pandemic also has this brought to light a lot of these issues that we would have, and like how it links to racism, how. You know how it the mental health of people and the but this all stems it, it just kind of i just enjoy the connection between all of it because it gives me a better understanding as well it kind of helps me form more meaning of where the real issues are and as I, as I opened it, you know, it stems back to where we, 
interact with others, you know, and to be before we interact with others, we must be able, we must be in a centered state, in a, you know, it, and it's important to take breaths in order to, you know, to could be be able to understand, control your breaths and let, you know, sorry if I'm sounding a little confusing, no, but no, not at all. This is me trying to make sense of it and put the put the put them together as well, <laughs> and. Right, I you also would have mentioned some different tools that we could use in order to help with that mental state, you know. And mm. yeah. Well, just to come back to what you were saying about the pandemic and how it has really been a catalyst, you know, what we've experienced recently in the world has been a huge catalyst for this opportunity of great healing that is available to humanity if you look at the perspective of like you mentioned it's the first time the entire world has been brought to a standstill and if you think about the magnitude of that that's no small thing to occur you know the world has never ever been brought to a standstill for any reason except for now with the pandemic so it has definitely brought everyone to a perspective of having to even against their will spend time alone with themselves or in a small confined space with their immediate family and we all know the most challenging relationships we have are with our immediate family and I think it's like that for everybody maybe not consistently but at some point we always have challenges with those who are our closest to us and how we relate in that perspective, especially when it comes to very heated debates amidst family, it's very easy to become completely disconnected from our true centered selves, you know, from the space where we are able to interact with others from a space of love and from a space of resolution rather than from a space of emotional triggering. And when it comes to the tools, you know, I refer to, I, I assist a lot of my clients to go through a process of packing their toolbox. Um, because everything that we learn in life, all these practices, whether it's meditation or whether it's jujitsu or qigong or doing yoga or pilates or whether it's eating correctly um, or whether it's going off into the jungle and participating in a plant medicine ceremony to deal with addiction. All these things are just tools that are available to us that as individuals, by connecting deeply with ourselves and our physical bodies, we can start to figure out what works for us in our lives and what doesn't. Because as human beings, we're all so eclectically unique that not one thing is going to be the same for me as what it is for you. So where something like going for a run might be your stress reliever and something that allows you to reconnect with yourself and your physicalness in this world is not necessarily going to work for a 63-year-old granny who's had her hip replaced. Um, and it's about finding the tools that help us to become that more whole-centered being within ourselves. There's a couple of things that I have found are the most useful 
in terms of what you should have in one's toolbox and specifically it's it's very basically movement so what that movement is to each being is going to be completely different for some people it's just some light stretching for other people it's walking for some it might be really vigorous cardio workouts whatever that movement is it's important to keep the flow moving in terms of the body so in terms of basic energy flow in terms of our own energy as well as the flow of energy around us you know if we're stuck in one little room and we start to stagnate and we sit in this little bubble of the same energy all the time it becomes very disconnected in terms of our physical bodies and physically we also have our immune system our lymphatic system is what eliminates the toxins within our body and when we are not moving when we don't have the movement to pump the lymph around our bodies the toxic load in the bodies increases more and more because we're not eliminating toxins on a regular or daily basis so movement is a very good aspect to always look at along with movement i like to work hand in hand with breathing so as we start to get more into the movement the movement allows us it increases our heart rate which invariably allows us to automatically start taking deeper breaths because we become a little bit out of breath so we might start panting a little bit you know it's still the shallow breathing but we'll all notice as we get into these different movement aspects how we change our breathing to start breathing deeper and that's normally where we'll find that we start enjoying our movement practice a lot more when our breathing deepens and our core muscles within our body actually start to relax and that can be done through just using movement to then attend to the breathing that's a bit of an unconscious manner of working with the breath when we talk about conscious breathing then we start to focus on how exactly we're breathing so the the consciousness and the awareness of how am i breathing takes on a different kind of a form because we then start to take notice of how am i actually breathing am i breathing shallowly into the upper part of my lungs and my chest am i breathing into round about where my stomach would be or am i breathing fully into my entire body and there's a very good visualization exercise which can be done with conscious breathing to actually become one's breath So when we are able to for example sit quietly and I think this is the exercise you're referring to from the Zoom user is being able to consciously focus on one's breath. So breathing in for a count of 3, pausing at the top of the breath and then exhaling fully for a count of 4 or 5 and pausing at the bottom of the breath. And that allows a shift to take place in the manner in with which how we breathe as soon as we consciously start influencing our breath and taking control of our breath we automatically start firstly giving the body more oxygen and we also then focus into the body and that's the process of kind of going within where we start to reconnect with our physical bodies from a different perspective of just thinking that well the mind gets us to breathe on a subconscious level Um so it's definitely conscious breath that that has a big shift included in it. 
And then another practice, which for me is really good, is meditation. And I have a number of my clients, in particular, you know, somewhat elderly men, who say to me, well, I can't meditate, you know, I'm not one of those woo-woo people. And meditation is not a woo-woo practice, and it's not exclusive to spiritual people. Excuse me a moment, I just need to... So when it comes to meditation, meditation can take on any form, whether it is washing the dishes or whether it is petting your dog or whether it is taking a walk. Um, For many people, they like to kind of potter around in the garden. That is a meditation because meditation is quite simply about being fully present with your practice. Whatever that practice is, whether it's getting down on your hands and knees and praying for an hour, or whether it's taking a walk around the garden and having conversations with your plants, Um, whatever form that practice is, that I, I refer to it as being, whatever your practice is that brings you back to yourself in some manner, that is a meditation. So I think a lot of a lot of uh, weight has been placed on the definition of what meditation actually is, and you know, especially for the youth of today, when I've worked with young adults and teenagers, their minds are exceptionally busy, and it's very difficult to take a child, especially someone who's perhaps been labelled as having ADHD, and telling them to now sit still and you know breathe and meditate like they're some kind of Zen master. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's not going to work. Their minds are too active. So employing a meditation practice with teens that is helpful for them can often take on the form of something artistic or something sport related or something where you're sitting out in a circle in nature, just having a conscious conversation. Mine, I think, is in dancing. (laughs) Absolutely. Dancing Dancing. is a great one. yeah. really releases and centers me and it's like nothing else exists and then it's like a freer flow of thought sorry for the yes. no not at all that's a beautiful one and I'm glad you've reminded me of that um, you know so ch- children having a conversation you know sitting in a circle and we take a simple thing like a ball or a stone or a flower or a stick and we talk we call it the talking stick And there's a lot to be said for each person passing that stick and having a few moments where the attention is entirely on them to just share something they're experiencing in their life, something that may be a challenge for them or something that is a victory for them in an achievement that they would like to share. And that in itself is a kind of a group meditation for a group of of youngsters who perhaps don't always have the opportunity to share. And, you know, that actually brings me to the dancing, which dancing for me encompasses all of those aspects. Because it's movement, which increases your breath. And of course, when you're dancing, you have to be aware of your breathing. Um, It kind of starts to tie into your dance moves. Um, (laughs) And, you know, dance also induces a a semi-theta brainwave state of going into trance it can 
which is also what meditation does. It's about getting the mind to that point of stillness where basically we would kind of then move into a sleep state. And it's that time just before when we are able to actually really influence the physical body from a very conscious perspective when we are in that, that brainwave state. That is also the brainwave state that children are in up to, I think it's the age of six or seven. And that is why children are so easily influenced in those initial formative years around how they are in this world, what their beliefs are, you know, how they experience and deal with stress and trauma, whether they've had multiple diseases in their lives and, and have already been on this massive journey of, you know, what it means to survive. So there's so many factors that influence our physical bodies and all through different stages of our lives that play a very big part in in our health and in our own healing journey. You would have mentioned, you would have connected the, the connected racism to this place of oneness as well and the I don't know can you go deeper into the racism aspect within this of course so something something that's perhaps interesting to understand is that you know as a collective humanity we have a collective energy pool and if you think about the world as a container And we are all these beings living on this world who are interacting constantly with one another, with our environment, with our surroundings. And then, of course, we've got massive industry and all the electromagnetic and electrical aspects that all come into play on the planet. Now, linked in with that, we, you know, that that is what I, I would term part of the collective consciousness. You know the collective aspect of our conscious beings we then have the collective pain bodies which is the accumulation of the pain of humanity and we have a masculine and a feminine collective pain body in that respect so when we when we look at on a individual level you know if we zoom right into one individual and we look at the pain and trauma that one being has experienced in this world. Every bit of pain and every bit of trauma you will often find is directly related to other people they will meet in their lives. We tend to meet people who've had similar experiences. And for me, that is quite simply an indication of that being a community who are there to help support one another through the healing process. And in my experience with working as a healer for over 13 years now, is that as we each individually start to work with and face our individual traumas, our individual aspects that require healing, and that goes through your physical, your emotional, your mental, and your energetic bodies, that then directly also relates to healing the collective. And, you know, you refer to the oneness of things. We are all ultimately one thing. We are all energy. 
there is no differentiating factor between color of skin or anything. We have all grown up in our various different cultures of where it is that we were born or what it is, what lineage we were born into in this lifetime. And those collective aspects of each lineage that has had various wounding in terms of historical aspects that have played out in the world. When we start comparing cultures and comparing history, there, is, there are similar themes that run through the wounding aspect of humanity. If you look at racism, if we take away the external factors of the people and we just start looking at the facts of what is racism, what does it actually mean to experience racism? What does it mean to be a racist? When we start examining these specific things in the perspective of I myself as a being and my understanding as I have grown up or as I have interacted in this world, and we dig deeper into what it translates to in each of the different cultures and how each culture or how each lineage or how each generation has experienced that exact same thing. There is a commonality in that, in that we all have those that same wounding within us, just from a slightly different perspective. And I think where the healing for humanity is very important in those aspects is to have the mindset of the fact that, yes, I'm doing this healing work for me, but to then take it that step further and to look at the, the ripples that flow out from that and to consider that whatever healing I do for myself in all these different aspects, it then filters out to our immediate family and our closest relationships. And that then filters out to our acquaintances, which is kind of the next ring out. And that then filters out to the rest of the world, which is the outer ring of this existence we find ourselves in. And if each of us is then doing that work to deeply look at and consider how we have been influenced by, you know, let's stick with racism as the example, or and how we ourselves perpetuate that same wounding in the world with ourselves, with our families, with our circles of friends, you know, however that plays out for us. We each have a responsibility to ourselves and to the collective to start doing that deep digging and that healing work that then allows that ripple effect to take the healing outwards into the rest of the world. And not just perpetuating this consistent wounding that it, you know, if you think about it, it's like a band-aid on a bullet wound. And what the pandemic has done, or um, I, I affectionately refer to the pandemic as Rona. <clears throat> so basically what Rona has done for us is Rona has come along and ripped the band-aid <laughs> off the bullet wound. And, you know, effectively, this is an opportunity now for us to say, well, you know what, we're already as a humanity hemorrhaging all over the place. You know, we're, 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 we're bleeding on people who never hurt us, quite frankly. And, you know, now that the band-aid has been ripped off the bullet wound, 
it's time for people to just dig around and find those fragments of the bullets that seem to be consistently still hurting people. Because once we're able to do that and identify it and employ the tools that allow us on an individual level to actually work with what's coming up, not just in ourselves, but that is being manifested in the physical world around us, quite simply by our ignorance of not doing the work to start actually looking at, okay, you know what? I see racism happening in the world. Where am I a racist? Irrespective of how we've been raised or the color of our skin or our level of education or success in this world. Sorry, um, <laughs> sorry, I got a little distracted. So, I'll, let me try to call your name correctly. Eleanor. That's it. Bless you. Good. It was so wonderful to have you here on my podcast today for my first ever podcast. I mean, the inform- I'm so excited for every for listeners to hear this. You know, you put a lot of perspective into a lot for me and hopefully is able to be shared with whoever wants to to take it um for for all the listeners out there is there any final words that you'd like to say I, i love this question um quite simply because it often reminds me of times when i've been you know I do a lot of personal development workshops and a lot of work with various groups. And this question is a question that tends to come up quite a bit with a number of people is where they'll just out of the blue, someone will say, you've got 30 seconds to live. What is the, what is your last message to humanity? (laughs) Um, So I really love that because I've thought about it a lot and I've had many different replies over the years. But something that has really stuck with me and it's something that has come up very distinctly you know in a lot of people's news feeds and that especially over the past sort of seven years and it's kind of been my motto for life is that we need to be what it is that we see as missing in the world so you know the saying from from gandhi be the change you wish to see in the world I always, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, my favorite is to say be the the blank fill in the blank you wish to see in the world so be the love be the kindness be the compassion be the forgiveness you know whatever it is and for me a nice little way to do this is often I would get up and as part of my morning sort of stretching and getting out in the fresh air and that I would ask myself the question of what is it that I feel I need in my life right now And normally, whatever that answer is, whether it's support or kindness or a meal even, um, as much as I have looked at it and gone, this is what I need in my life, I have noticed that through that day, I will notice how desperately that exact thing is needed by the people around me at the same time. And just, you know, having that conscious awareness of, of trying to 
bring that one characteristic or bring that one piece of something different into my day it allows me to hold the space for others who are needing the exact same thing in their lives on that particular day or in that particular moment so that that for me is one that really sticks because it's it's actually really awesome that it's interchangeable you know so Oh. Trey, thank you very much. It is an absolute honor. Um, I am very grateful for this opportunity, and I'm very excited for what this this avenue holds for you. And I look forward to sharing more with you. Yes, I look forward to having you again. We sh- definitely should do it. Ah, I feel you. so refreshed now. I feel like this was meditation for me. <laughs> fantastic that i love it when that happens it's just it's an affirmation for me that what i'm transmitting is is meaningful so thank you for that and for those listeners out there the goal of this podcast is nothing specific i would say i can say a lot of things but i wouldn't because i plan to have a lot of different conversations you know touching different aspects of life that, but i guess the common denominator is is for us to become better at being ourselves to find that individuality to be to find that place where we where we stand tall and uh, and to spread love into the world Know, to be able to become truly oneself and individual and then to basically resonate no <laughs> reflect it onto the world i think that's a great word i use but <laughs> <It is. laughs>